Good evening and welcome to Success in the City. My name is Helen Webster. I'm with the lovely Sandra Scott and I'm delighted that our fabulous guest today is Leon McCown. I'm just wondering what fabulous it sounds like a really nice fabulous. diet, a diet bar you should eat. I'm eating fabulous, fabulous. all week. Fabulous. I thought fabulous as well. Yeah, I was like, fabulous. Fabulous. Estupendo. Fabulous. Fabuloso. Okay, so shout out to the kids. Any little people who've done amazing things, San? Uh, yeah, this week just all my young people have been doing brilliant. Oh, actually, the one I'm really ecstatic about, sorry for all the others, is I teach a gorgeous, gorgeous girl, a young girl who's of Chinese origin in Southport, a teacher online, and she's in year eight, and at the end of her exams last year is school do platinum, gold, silver, bronze, she got bronze and everything. And I started teaching her sort of just around East, just before Easter. And she's, I was hoping to get her in silver and she got gold across three areas in English. So I, was, I couldn't wait to tell me when she came on. And she has a lesson five till six on a Friday, which is just horrendous for her after school. And she's so committed and I'm over the moon for her. She's worked so hard. So well done to people. Good. Well done to them. Well done. Um, Leon, have you got any little people, young people in your life who you want to shout out to? So I probably have to say my niece and nephew who um, I got to spend some time with over the weekend in my mum's and uh, they just they just fill you with joy. I can't think of anything in particular, uh, but Ben is effectively, me and my brother have been brought up by my dad. My dad's a bit of a comedian, so that's made me and my brother a bit of a comedian and he's just like a mini me. So he cracks, he's 12 years of age and he cracks jokes like a 30-year-old docker. Um, which Brilliant. I can't ever fault. And then Lily is my niece, and she's been doing some TikToking in my Mars when I was in my Mars. So she's doing videos with a phone and showing me these videos. She's doing TikTok, and I think she's eight or nine, which is just nuts. Oh, brilliant. Did she ask you to be on any of the TikTok videos? She hasn't yet. I don't think I'm going to be cool enough for them videos, I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. I can dance, but only after 42 Sambucas. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to give a shout out to all of the little people who are just doing amazing things back in school after half term and um, just doing amazing stuff because we haven't had but we need everyone to share certificates so when all the kids are getting certificates share share the certificates and we'll give them a little shout out because um, we used to give them all a shout out didn't we for like attendance and for being kind and all boss certificates and things like that um, success this week for you personally Sandra Oh, so I've had a few this week. I've had a really good week. Um, I enjoyed our, we, you and I did a day at the ADHD Foundation Conference, which was lovely. Uh, and I enjoyed that and met some really cool people and had a great night out there. And I love Marcus Collins. He's just great. Wherever you see him, he's consistent. His performance is great. And I really enjoyed that. And we saw Will Young as well, didn't we? So that was cool. Uh, and our own and came and enjoyed himself so that was that was really good there's been loads this week i've had a really good week so what about you um so the same i was going to give a shout out to the uh, the adhd foundation they work like super hard to put these events yeah. on don't they and um it was just like run dead smooth didn't it and everyone was made up and and then wow. the night was great wasn't it we had a great uh, time in the night tony lloyd's birthday today actually happy birthday oh, happy birthday tony and um, what about you leon uh personal um achievement for me this week would be i'm trying to do 300 kilogram deadlifts and 45 kilogram dumbbell bench press by the 17th of august um so i did three sets of 
260 the other day on the um on the dead and wow. just before when i was in the gym i did 40 key for 36 reps um wow. so i'm nearly there well done you that's amazing yeah. boss good 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 you'll definitely have that by the 17th of august definitely i'm hoping so i'm hoping so yeah. is it is it just a personal target or is it a challenge yeah, or so something like that if I if I went to the gym and just went to the gym, I'd never do nothing. If I haven't got something, I'm I'm all targets and driven mm. by numbers and ticking boxes and all that kind of stuff. So if I haven't got something to remember, I was having a conversation with me the other day and she's like, What charity event are you doing? I was like, No, and she went, Yeah, that's your problem. I was like, Oh yeah, I've got nothing I'm doing. I need to find something. So I took a call before. So if any charities are listening and doing walks or weightlifting or anything strenuous, drop me a line because I haven't got one right now. I took a call before from a guy from the Anthony Nolan Trust. Yeah. And he said, I want to talk about fundraising. I was like, come on, what is it? And he was like, we're just looking for corporate sponsors. And that's nice and oh, stuff yeah. like that. But I kind of like to use a charity thing so that I can have something to aim at. So we did a, we did one for um, Brian Lightbody's um, charity where we walked a marathon with 20 kilogram weights on uh, late last year. That was really cool. Brilliant. Cool. The projects have got some good stuff going on, good events and things. So. Cool. I'll drop Michelle a line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abseiling and firewalking and all that sort oh, of stuff. Oh, not. Abseiling's not for me, but yeah, I can do firewalking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Abseiling's not for me, but I'm going to firewalk. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to play this or that till we find out a little bit more about Leon. You go first, San or me? Well, you go first. Okay. What's it or quavers, Leon? Do you remember them bags you used to get with Watson's and Quavers in? I'd rather have one of them, both of them. They had mixed? Yeah, yeah. Life-changing. I've never seen oh. a mixed bag. Oh. Okay. Right. What? Mixed. I'm on, okay. Quavers, as a child, I wasn't allowed to eat Watson's because if I ate them, I went really hyper and my skin crawled and I was like dead angry, so I was never allowed to eat them. What, what, what happens now if you eat them? As if I'd go near a Watson. But a lot of the colouring that was around in the 70s was banned by the EU. So, oh, no doubt they'll bring it back again. But it was banned by the EU. So um, all that hyperactive orange stuff they got rid of, didn't they? So. Well, you think they got rid of it. They're actually using it in Wigan as foundation. Have you ever been shopping in Wigan? It looks like they've been doing, it looks like they've been doing duck apple in a bowl of Watsits. Okay, so this show is Liverpool City Region, so hopefully we haven't got any viewers in or listeners to the podcast in Wigan, and if there are, there's no offence, hopefully. <laughs> These are all Leon's views, not ours. <laughs> not ours. We have someone else another time who made comments about pie eaters as well. Well, look, offence can't be given, it can only be taken, so I don't mean to give any offence. If anyone wants to take it, that's up to them. Perfect, perfect. Um, I'd go quavers as well. I don't like watsits. I don't like yeah. that they melt in your mouth anyway. I don't. I don't like that. Yeah, go on, son. Polystyrene anyway. Watsits. Yeah. Orange polystyrene. Okay. So, Leon, walk by the canal or walk on a mountain? Walk by the canal. I knew he was going to say that. Don't walk get on no jumps on a mountain. Mm, yeah. What about you, son? Mm. Walk on a canal by the skin of its teeth. If you can by the bottom of a mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk on a canal. We had a nice time that walk when we did one and we went to Bernie's um, Delhi and Muggle and had something to eat and then went for a walk. That was good, wasn't it? 
yeah, we were we were walking to the running horses, but we didn't have time because I thought we'll have soup and then we'll have a pint and then we'll come back and we didn't have time, did we? No, it was so, yeah. But it was lovely. Um, early mornings or late nights? Early mornings. How about you, San? When you say early, what's the time frame on that? Half four. Well, like sunset or sunrise. I'm all right after 6 a.m. If it's before 6, I don't like it. If it's got five in front of it, definitely not four. I don't like it. Uh, I'm all right after 11 p.m. That works for me, so I'm okay. Uh, on Friday, we had the longest day because we were in St. George's Hall for 6 a.m., so I think it was up at quarter to five, and I got home about two in the morning, and that was a good day. But Saturday, I was destroyed. Yeah, but that was the alcohol. That wasn't to do with tiredness. How dare you? <laughs> well, I'm not sure on that one. I like early mornings in the summertime and the winter I don't. I prefer mm. time. Early mornings for me. Although I do like a good sunset. And I do like a good night out. So, yeah, a bit of a mix, really, depending on what okay. I'm doing. Yeah, go on, Sam. Lasagna or roast dinner, Leon? Roast dinner. Roast dinner. Roast dinner. Only wolves would say lasagna. <laughs> or Italian people. Okay. <laughs> Have you had a roast dinner out of Il Forno, though? No. No. Life-changing. Yes, wow. No. Did they have lasagna on the plate? No. It's a proper amazing roast in El Forno on a Sunday. Oh, I did not know mm. they I wouldn't have thought to go there for a roast. Mm. They have the calzone, which is the biggest calzone in the world. It's unbelievable. I love calzone. Mm. Um, oh, Tom loves Tom all the way from New Orleans. He says he loves lasagna. Hello to I, Tom. Oh, I've got the little on thing on. John Howie said hi from um, Spain as well. So I hope you're using your Spanish, John, and you should be saying yes, hola. You are using your Spanish, John. <laughs> yeah, so we're saying hello to John. Consider um, yourself told, John. I know. Um, Double-decker bus or a coach? To be on. To be on. Coach. And yeah, but coach. Oh, do you love double decker buses? No. On the top, upstairs, on the on the top, on the back of the bus. No. Double decker bus for me. No way. Not in a million years. It depends who you you know, like if you're going somewhere cool. I don't mean just like a Meffy bus, like going round. Just... Well, oh well, I was on a Meffy bus going into town, stopping all the time in Tubrook. <laughs> no, just like a. So if you were going on a, if you were going like away on a long journey, would you rather get on a coach? Like on a coach or on a double decker bus? A coach, a hundred percent. Oh, I'd rather be on a double decker bus. Yeah, a bus will go under a bridge and they'll cut the top off. Yeah, I would rather do neither of them. I remember when in 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 two thousand and one, me and my brother went to Dortmund on a bus to watch the footy, oh. and we brought the same size and build as me, so it was horrendous. We were like on this coach for about four days. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've just said Meffy bus. I didn't mean that, Craig. Craig, listen. <laughs> yeah, and we are we advocate um ergonomic public transport. Public transport. Yeah. Big shout out to Mersey Travel if you're listening. I'm going to get lynched tonight. <laughs> people as usual. Go on, Sam. Last one. Okay, last one. The Canary Islands or Greece? Canary Islands. Um, 
Atlanta, obviously. I've not, been to, I've not been to Greece, but um, I quite fancy it. And I've been to the Canary Islands, so I would say Greece because I've not been there yet. I'd say Greece, definitely, because of all the, um, all the ruins and the things of cultural interest as well. There you go. Brilliant. I can, I can see that, definitely. But um, I love Lanzarote. Frankie would probably say Greece, actually. Would she? Yes. My mum used to have a place over there, so um, Ooh, she'd probably awesome. prefer it. Lovely. Cool. Okay, San, Leon is our guest. Thank you to Leon for giving us time with the, for us tonight. Um, and Sandra's going to introduce him, and then we're going to find out more about Leon. Brilliant. Okay, I've known Leon for a long time now, I'd say. Probably about... Well, actually, I know when I've known Leon since December 2015, which is hilarious, that story, which always goes on about. Um, Are you going to tell the story or not? You have to tell it now. You, now you've said it's hilarious, you have to tell it. I'm going to let Leon tell it in a minute. He tells it a slightly different way than me. I tell it in an innocent way. Anyway, I'll let Leon tell the story in a minute. But I've known Leon since December 2015, and we're good pals. And, we've, you know, we really are, and I regard you very highly. And I know you, you offered to help me out of a dreadful situation I was in, which sorted itself out, but I've never forgotten that, and thank you. Um, but Leon where it has, is in business, and I want you to speak about that, but has set up something really cool that helps lots of people in the city, and is a brilliant, he's ahead of us in his podcast journey, et cetera, um, called the Sales Dojo. So I'd like you to talk about that, really, if, if you want to. And also a bit about what you do in your spare time, and because he's given me lots of advice about growing veg and things like that. And he does a lot with charities and involved in Emmaus, uh, which does that sort of furniture out for groups and things. But I'll let you speak about that now. So we want to know about your journey, really, and how you've come to do what you do when you've got where you are. Okay, where do I start? I was born at a very young age. Um, <laughs> We're born at like everyone. <laughs> how do we know each other? Go on. Um, so. Sandra and I were on a training course with the late, great John Haynes. Yeah. And uh, I said to Sandra one day, it would be really nice to have a coffee one time and find out how I can help you. And Sandra, being a great networker that she was, said, <laughs> no, you're all right, mate. We got our phones off someone else. Thanks, though. Is there, a, is there a more romantic way to tell that story, Sandra? Do you have a, do you have another line on that? I think you sort of led up to that. Well, no, that's, <laughs> that is what happened. Listen, we, were, we were both young in our networking lives at that time, Sandra, so don't worry. There's lots of salespeople who would have tried to sell you something. No. I didn't know that story. Yeah, it's how he goes on about it all the time. And if people he goes, you're going to do a Sandra Scott on me if people won't be happy with him. Oh, it's horrendous. He laughs about it. We both laugh about it, Sandra. Come on, a joke is shared. Yes, go on. Uh, yeah, so um, you want to know a bit about me as well, yeah? Yeah. So I've been in sales pretty much all my life. Uh, I started... Um, my first job was selling cigarettes to other school children and people don't like you talking about that, but I did make quite a bit of money off doing that many years ago. Um, but my first job in sales was selling advertising. I worked in Martin's Bank Building, the amazing building at the top of Martin uh, of uh, Water Street. Yeah. And I was selling advertising in there for about 18 months, made loads of money, which was great. Smoked about 50 cigarettes a day because if you couldn't have a job in the office, if you didn't smoke. Um, <laughs> 
it was them it was that long ago um i was selling advertising i got a thompson's local new business card which is for anyone who's not heard of these before gdpr was a thing thompson's local used to put an advert in the thompson's local or the yellow pages and the thompson's local and yellow pages would immediately sell your data to everybody who wanted to buy it um so the thompson's local card i got a card for a couple of guys who just set up a mobile phone business so it would have been 22 years ago i think um wow. so i was phoning this card trying to get these guys to buy an advert off me and he said to me phone me back on tuesday phone me back on wednesday phone me in a week phone me in two weeks phone me tomorrow phone me at one phone me at three and i chased and chased and chased this guy down for about six to eight weeks and um after that time i phoned him and he said listen phone me back at one o'clock so i phoned at one o'clock and he said if you come in tomorrow i'll buy it an advert off you and i was like listen mate uh, i don't think you understand how this works i'm selling advertising over the phone he said if you come in the office tomorrow i will buy the biggest advert that you do and i was like whoa i was on 50 percent commission biggest wow. advert was five grand he was impressed and i didn't own a car so i borrowed my mate's car which was a maroon escort eclipse with the um pale brown interior um, drove to Preston, went in, and the fella offered me a job. And I was like, listen, mate, I'm getting two and a half grand on Friday off you buying this advert off me. It's not happening. We had a chat. He said, I'd really like to work with you. I'm really impressed with what you do on the phone, blah, 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 blah. Um, and after a bit of a negotiation, he offered me a job in a company car. And I went in the next day, and I, re- uh, I, I, um, I going to say retired. I didn't retire. Um, I resigned from my job in the advertising company. And I went and worked for these guys doing mobile phones. That was about 22 years ago. I um, helped them to get loads of sales in. Then they, they took someone on. I trained them. And then we took another person on. Then we set up a sales uh, telesales team. And I helped work with that. So over the space of about four years, they built the business, which he sold to one of the networks for a few bob. They did the same thing straight away. So I went and worked for them again straight away in another company. Over the next three or four years, they, sold, they built that business again. We had staff we had the offices in preston huddersfield nottingham derby uh and somewhere else and they sold that one about four years later again um part of that deal is i had to stay in the business for a year so i stayed in the business for a year and then a year later i went and worked for them again because they started another business and that would have been 15 years ago so it was just when the iphone came out uh, and, and that business actually went bust and the reason it went bust is because there was lots of changes in the industry and the iphone came out making a massive difference in the in the industry so um the company went bust i was told i was no longer going to have a job and i had to tell all the staff that they had no job which was grim um and then there was three directors and each one of them approached me and said they wanted to work with me so i was like oh that's interesting and then a mate of mine uh, went for a pint with him i was like oh, this is great everyone wants to work with me and he was like listen pal are you stupid like, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, do it yourself. And I was like, what? I don't, okay. So actually, I was with Frankie for not long, and then mum lent me a few bob to buy the assets of the company that had gone bust. So I bought the assets of the company that had gone bust, started for myself, and that was 11 years ago now. Um, um, we've been doing. I've been doing that for the last 11 years for myself. Got an office in Liverpool, one Huddersfield, few staff, pay the bills, and everyone's happy. So that's the that's the mobile phone journey. Um, yeah. Six years ago, doing a course with John Ains again. This man keeps popping up, doesn't he? Um, yeah. And part of the course was I had to deliver a talk to other sales, other business owners to say, 
what I'd done in my business career. Mm-hmm. And I was talking and saying some of the best times I've had was when I was working with someone who was in sales. And after a couple of months, they said, thanks for the help. I've got enough money together for me bonuses to put a deposit down for a house. Or they were saying, I've, I've done a year's worth and I've got enough money together and I'm out of debt. And literally, as I was delivering this talk to five or six other business owners, the sun changed outside from behind the clouds. It came shining through the window. It was like, oh, and I realized <laughs> that this was something that I really needed to do with my life. Um, was help people sell because that's something I've proper loved doing all of my career. They're the yeah. best times I've ever had. Um, so I went and seen Alex from Professional Liverpool and yeah. Alex was boss and she said, well, why don't you just do it? Let's do an event. Went and spoke to Andy Bounds and said, Andy, I really want to do what you do. And he said, oh, you need to do this and that and the other. I had a really good chat with him. I spoke to Hainsey as well, who helped me with some stuff. And we did the first event in March 2017. Gosh. I remember it well because the night of March 2017, my, my, door, my dogs were barking downstairs about three o'clock in the morning. And when I went down, there was two lads trying to break into the front door. So I'd had no sleep when we did the first oh, event, which, wow. was, which was interesting. So yeah, over, what, five, six years now? Five years now? Over five years, you've had about two and a half thousand people through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, in Liverpool, I've had loads of boss feedback from people saying, oh, I did what they told me and I've I've managed to get them to say, yes, I've just signed a deal. I've got this big one over the whatever. And then two years of COVID, we've spent loads of time doing a lot of that stuff online. And then we built a website, which gives people the access to the training online. And the key thing with the sales dojo is um, I was that salesperson sat in his car. Thanks, Dave. Uh, I was a salesperson sat in the car with two or three days left to go with a month. And I didn't have a clue I was going to hit my target and I was going to pay me bills the following month. So the important thing about the sales dojo, it's, help, it's set up to help people who don't have access to £5,000 worth of sales training. Yeah. The key thing with it is we've always done it so that it's, it's free. It's a free event when we do the events in person. And we've always done it so that it helps as many people as we possibly can. Um, the slogan that we've got is, we want to help people close more, Hit more sales, close more targets, get paid more commission, and buy more new shoes. Oh, Helen, I love the shoes one. It's brilliant, you know. And I've got to say, I've heard so many great speakers over the years at different things, different trainings, different companies I've been on. The best speaker I ever, ever heard was at the Richard. Sales Yeah. Yeah, it was Ab- awesome, money. Absolutely. You know when someone... You hear someone talk, and there's different things. You know, I can always be like, um, I've heard Chris Eubanks speak. I've, I've got, I've heard Gerald Ratner. I've heard so many famous people speak from BA right through my whole life. And he was the best I've ever heard. And you know, when almost every word's still imprinted on your mind years later and you can hold on to it. For those people who don't know, he was the son of the first victim of the Yorkshire Ripper. And what how he's turned his life around was incredible, wasn't it? And he went through his background. He had photos where he and it was just incredible, wasn't it? it and you was um, and I remember I was with Alex Gregory Charlton, and we were just and I didn't know it terribly well, and we were just like wow. And I gave her a lift around mm-hmm. the business, and we were just sort of blown away by it. It was just so so good. He's awesome, so, Richard. I've always been. So I I knew about the sales dojo and everything like that. I've always sort of, and I've always thought it was for like 
so I have this thing about salespeople doing I Sandra Sandra knows this like really well. I have this thing like about that salespeople are like they're good at like sales and things like that. And mm -hmm. um, so for me, when I saw the sales dojo, I thought it was for sort of like top class sales people. And it's only now that I realise that it's for just everyday folk who, you know, sort of do salesy things in their business and stuff. And anyone who's got a business has to do sales, mm -hmm. don't they? But I'm a bit like weary about sales because I think, oh God, I'm not a salesperson. Do you know what I mean? And because, um, you know, I don't hit these targets and I don't speak in this way and things like that. And only over the past, I, I don't know, maybe maybe six months, I would say, working with IP and things like that and having conversations with people and, and, and Des and Sandra, you know. So Des and Sandra are super, super good salespeople. And they both turn on, they go, no, 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 you're a really good salesperson because you're passionate about what you do and, and, and things like that. So I'm, I've i already made the note that I'm going to start going to the sales dojo to pick up tips from salespeople in it, what I think of like as, as a salesperson in my head type thing. Because, you know, it is a skill of how, and I think the biggest skill which, you know, you've got and, and, and Sandra and Des and everything like that, it's the listening I think that's this, the massive skill of sales is the listening, isn't it? And I get too excited and, like, talk about stuff and don't allow people to... The thing is, Helen, you do that because you love what you do and you're enthusiastic about it, okay? But I think what happens is, for a lot of people, sales is a dirty word because they think of people who come in your house at the night years ago, used to sell double days in, and they were there till midnight and wouldn't get out the house. And, and, and there's all that type of image. Um, but it's not about that. It's about doing the right thing. And so Leon's ethos is the same as mine. And Des, Des is exactly the same. And it's about the long relationship. And if you just want a quick sale and you sort of give someone something that's not right for them, there's no trust there. They'll be really annoyed. They'll be livid that they've bought something. And it's not. It's like, you know, you've got to do what's right for the clients as well. And that's what a proper decent salesperson is. They're really listening, but helping and building the relationship and doing the right thing by the client. And it's actually about being the height of professionalism, I would say. Whereas when people years ago used to sell things quickly, they just want their money and they run. That's not a proper salesperson. That's bordering on a con artist, really. And it's quite different, you know. Sales is responsible for that, by the way. So, um... yes. The reason why that kind of stuff happens is poor management. So mm -hmm. what often happens in sales companies or businesses that have got sales elements in it is someone who does really well at sales is given the job of sales manager because they're good at selling and they're not really good at managing people. And it's a totally different thing. And the other thing, the other reason why we've done that in sales and we're totally to blame for it is commission and bonuses. So they're a great idea for something to help to motivate people with also really demotivational they're also really pre they really put pressure on people and when you put pressure on someone people sometimes go the wrong way but i'm, I'm glad you've said that helen I'm, I'm, and i hope someone someone who's listening who thinks the sales dojo is just for sales people realize it isn't if one person comes along in the next six months because of having this conversation and it'll be definitely worth it but everybody works in sales so if you want a new job you need to get good at selling yourself if you want a boyfriend or a girlfriend, then you need to get good at selling yourself. If you want a promotion in work, then you need to get good at selling the reason why it's a good idea to give you a promotion. If you want to sell more of your stuff and you're a small business owner, you work in sales. Everybody works in sales. In, in a business, people are either sales or sales support. That, that They're the only two operations in business. Otherwise, if we don't sell more stuff, it's just a hobby.
Yeah, we're on. Yeah. And, and Des, Des, spot on. Leon, bad management is the curse of commerce, and and Des does say that like all the time, doesn't he? Do you mean? And Des is the Jürgen Klopp of our office. And if, yeah, Des is inspirational as well. Like if he's that, he's so motivational. He really is. You know, he's such yeah. a good person to have around. His nickname is Yeggs now. So from the from the sales dojo, who has been your your so like Sandra's favourite was was the, was the, the who's been yours or can you not really say? God, I'm obviously getting these people to come back on and do talks and give us content, and I couldn't possibly possibly pick a favourite. Um, it'd be really tough for me to do that. I can tell you what my favourite talk was. Mm -hmm. if that's okay. So, um, guy called Steve Myers, who's been unbelievably good in terms of giving stuff and content and he's really really good with me as well we're helping um mentor me with some stuff he did a talk about disc profile so if you've ever heard of disc profile you know it sounds dead boring it sounds dead intense but the most beautiful way of describing disc profile that steve did on a talk was about making those um different discs into uh, different profiles into birds so the d the dominant the red one is the eagle mm -hmm. the yellow which is the uh, people one is a parrot the green is the is a dove and the blue one is an owl and i think if anyone wants to ever understand disc profile that's an amazing way of understanding this so yeah you're red yet yeah, your eagles are the ones who just want to make a decision they want to swoop in and swoop out they want to think don't want to think about too much about it your yellows are the people pleasers the one who just want to get everyone involved and get everyone interested the blues are the ones who need to see all the information. The owl's got his pins and knees on the end of his nose and he wants to know all the bits. And then the dove is the one who's never, ever going to make it. Say, oh, what do you think? I'm not sure. I'm not, what do you think? Um, and I think everybody, sales is the study of human behavior and this profile is human behavior. Um, Dave, Dave's got paratenancies, definitely. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's all about human behavior and the way that Steve delivered that is probably my favorite talk because I bloody loved it, this profile. And if I talk to people about it before Steve's talk, they'd be looking at me going, what are you on about, pal? Now, when I talk about it and talk about the birds, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I've got it. I get it. That's brilliant. Thanks very much. Yeah. Which is a dead easy way of it, it. It's those little sort of things. And that's not just about sales. That's about life, isn't it? And, being, and that's what Des always says. It's about, like, you know, life and people and, and, and just getting to know people more. So, a bit like you've just explained there, if you walk away from the sales dojo as a non-salesy person, who as I think I am, with that little bit of nugget that when I go and speak to somebody, I can say, oh, you know, they're a parrot or they're this, that, you know. Um, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, there's lots of other things there as well, that because I went through for a few talks there and that a while back before the lockdown, and things about managing yourself as well. And, you know, there's lots of different things that just apply to people in business or people in life, full stop um you know different strategies and about goal settings be it personal goals or financial goals or business goals so i think there's been some really good sessions there on lots of different topics and you do a podcast now don't you oh yeah i think we're on about 150 on the podcast now which is nuts um and it adds off yeah. it's had half a million downloads which i just can't get my head around um it. and it's boss because someone just messaged and goes I love this, what was discussed on the podcast and I've used it. And that's that's the whole thing with it. So I'm I'm crazy about sales and selling. I love it passionately. I want kids in schools to go to career tutors and say, I want to work in sales. That's the vision. Um, and I really love that when I'm doing it, I feel like I'm cheating. So my job in my business is selling more stuff. That's what my job is. I'm new business. I'm So I'm speaking to some of the best trainers and coaches on the planet 
mm-hmm. and having a really good chat with them and I'm learning every single day so I feel like I'm cheating I genuinely do so um we've done loads of interviews with boss sales trainers that's the first series that we've done me and Chris have some chats just between us about some stuff which mm-hmm. we found useful there's another series which is a clubhouse series where we've interviewed some people about specific topics and then we've just started in the last four or five weeks doing this week in sales, which is basically looking at some posts on social media that have been discussing sales and selling stuff. And Susie from who's in Germany, Chris and myself discuss them. And again, it's Bosch because we've had some chats and then someone's messaged me on LinkedIn and gone, do you know what? I really like that. Thanks very much. I've just used it to do this. And what I love before what you said, Helen, as well is about taking one or two things away. If you go to a talk hoping to learn about how to completely sell to everyone and sell a million pounds, that ain't happening because it's a constant thing that you need to be doing um, is you need to be always learning. So the whole point of the sales dojo is come, learn something, go and test it and see if it works because what works for John might not work for Sarah. That's a fact. And everything that you can actually teach in sales has already been said. But what happens is we get different voices saying it and one of those different voices just might resonate with you, which means that it'll help you to get it. Like Sander said about Rich, um, there would have been a few people who just sat through that and gone, what's this dipstick going on about? What's this got to do with anything? But there will be a couple of people who've gone, that's really good. And that's why we always have two or three speakers. So there's a couple of different versions of a couple of different things. And I say, all I want is someone to go back to the office that day, try something they've heard and get a sale, feel a bit better about the day, feel a bit better about the job, feel a bit better about the life and maybe buy some new shoes. <gasps> so I'm well in for that. Um, so is it monthly? Is it monthly? Because it, did it used to be monthly? Or? So we were doing them monthly before COVID happened. After COVID yeah. happened, we've tried to get them back and the audience haven't been that good because of problems around COVID. So yeah. I, in order to make the events free, I get the speakers for free, I get the venue for free and I guarantee the venue and the speaker I'll get loads of people through the door. So we've yeah. had to park it for a while until everyone's more confident, which they are now. So yeah. the next one is in August. We'll have 80, 80 to 100 people. I'll send you the, the full date. We'll have 80 to 100 people at the event. Yeah. yeah. I'll definitely share it with you. And we'll have yeah. three really cool speakers. Uh, and then we've booked August, September, October, November and December. So the, whole, the, the next five are, are definitely all there. Really. So, what's your favourite thing? Is your favourite thing being in sorry, San, being in the sales dojo in person, like face to face meetings and like that, or doing your podcast? So, if I was being selfish, I'd say the podcast because I learn loads on the podcast. Like, I mean, I'm doing two or three sheets of A4 notes when I'm talking to people and asking them questions. So it's boss, and a part of the event is I'm more there for everybody else. So and that feeds my soul as well like seeing someone go oh i get it that's that's a joy to be able to deliver someone an aha moment like that is a joy so i get two different things out of it so for the podcast stuff it's for me and i get loads from it and i get loads of feedback when it does but it's mostly it mostly the joy i get that from me but with the in person like people coming up to me after the event and going that's that's boss i've I've, that's something i'll really use that that's amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. And Resty's listening in. So Steve Rest's listening in. He says, loving this, guys. Um, and it's quite mad because we were only talking about Steve Rest last week to you, Sam, wasn't I? And yeah. then we're going to get him on as a guest. He doesn't oh, know yeah. yet, but he might do now and now he's listening. So. We haven't asked him, but we're quite keen to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got yeah. people lined up. Um, 
And so now you have a subscription service, don't you? Is that right to the websites and that? So we have the subscription service, which I started during COVID. That's going to be made free for everyone in the next month or so because it was just the wrong time to launch that. So okay. um, I'm going to be making the, the subscription free for at least the next next 12 months. Amazing. How good is so when you're not doing sales though joey and um working in sales and things like that what else do you do um so i'm i'm very proud to be a uh, a trustee on the board for emmaus which is the emmaus Merseyside, which is a homeless charity based in it's actually based in seaforth and um, just off the, off the train station in seaforth so <laughs> that gives me loads of joy and i just want to share a really quick story with you the other day so um the guy who was the chairman of emmaus was given an MBE recently for his service to the homelessness, which is ACE. Um, so they mm -hmm. had an event at the uh, at Emmaus, and um, I was sat there, and the guy, um, there's a guy who's a, they call them companions. So the, the people who come in who are homeless, uh, Emmaus is about making a community and getting people back into the community. So it's not about giving someone somewhere to stay tonight. It's about reintegrating people back into society based on the challenges that they've had and the reasons yeah. why they ended up homeless and stuff. And there was a chap in there who said, it may have saved my life. And I just think that's oh. boss, man. Yeah. Like it's boss. He, and he, we were just chatting and he just said, it may have saved my life. And it's, it was proper boss for him to say that because I just think there for the grace of God go I with stuff like that. So... When I've spoke to the, some of the guys who are companions, or I often speak to people who are on the streets in town because I want to try and help them get back into somewhere. None of their stories are horrific horror stories, which are sound like a film. They're all I had an argument with misses, we had a fight, and then this happened, and then all of a sudden, and then I've got nowhere to stay, and my mum died, and I've got nowhere to, and it's it, it's it is genuinely there for the grace of God. Go I with stuff like that. So I always think. Society's broken. If you can have somewhere where someone's paying three hundred pounds for a steak in the same street where someone's not able to live, something's wrong. And yeah. I firmly believe that we, if there's anything that we can do to straighten that up, it's really important. So I'm honoured to be a trustee at Emmaus. Um, I've got the mayor Joanne Anderson to thank for dragging me along there and getting me involved. So thanks, Joanne. She left about two weeks after I joined as a trustee. So <laughs> sneaky bugger. She knew it was in um, safe hands. She knew it was in safe hands with you being in there. That's nice to say. But yeah, I like yeah. doing that. And then I think the other thing I do is I've got allotments. So anyone who knows me will not believe that because I'm in town in a three-piece suit all week. Um, mm. But over weekend, you will find me on my knees hands dirty, listening to a bit of smooth FM or something else on the on a radio, pulling up weeds, tending to plants, talking to me tomato plants, trying to make look, weak looking plants get a little bit stronger, watering, weeding, all that kind of stuff. So most of the weekend I'm 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 on the allotment. Where's your allotment? Uh Hatton Hill. It's okay. in Lidland. Is that by not on the other side of Emmaus? So it's not far from it. It's it's where um, the Lidley bit is down there. Is is that no? no. So no. if you go up towards, do you know where the KFC is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you hook a left of the KFC, and that road becomes Hatton Hill Road. Ah, oh, right. Okay. No, my uncle's got one. He's got one at the back of the Lidl on the other side. I don't, I don't know whether it's the same one, but he's the same. He just goes and he grows things, and he he he, he gave me dad a bag of stuff, you know, because they just grow that much stuff. Yeah. And it was lettuce, tomatoes, cucumbers, radishes, and he had chickens on the on the allotment as well, and it was eggs. 
and everything was grown and it's just like a just tastes totally different tastes okay. totally different when, when when you grow stuff you know it's just and i love the thought of it but i'm just not patient enough it's, but I like no, it's totally it. nuts so any tomato in tesco's has grown to be as red as possible and to last as long as possible on the shelf it's not necessarily grown for taste so the kind of tomatoes that you grow looks a bit lumpy and bumpy and it's yeah. maybe got a little bit of green and a little bit of a tinge of brown in there but the flavor's unreal amazing yeah. yeah and ryan mcveigh's commented um leon helps everyone he can when they need it in any spare time he has nice one and he's put wolf because he calls him the wolf of old halls ryan <laughs> and, uh, leon recommended ryan recommended me to um ryan and i taught him spanish got on and off for quite some time maybe. oh brilliant in touch yeah so uh he's got himself a house now as me and Muggle and settled down with Sarah. So Sarah he is. He is and he's always coming down to bother the the lawnmower and stuff so he's proper domesticated now. Oh my my friend's husband it's low cut my grass at the weekend because I babysat Saturday night for her. I was so happy. So um that's why I should have done a shout out for it as well. Those three went up to bed, no bother. That was a miracle. So I was made up. Because <laughs> they knew you were babysitting. Like that. <laughs> so what's your favorite thing to grow? So I would probably say asparagus. And the reason oh. for that is you can almost watch asparagus grow. Like it grows so fast. We've done it before where we've set yeah, we've set a timer up. You know the where you can do the um, slow down video on the phone, and you can see it grow half an inch in the space of a few hours if you water it loads. It just grows really quick. Hang on a minute, Leo. You know asparagus because I've yeah. never grown that. Does it just grow from seed? You can grow from seed, but the best way to do it is what they call crowns. So asparagus will grow a load of roots, and then it'll throw the shoots up, and then the shoots will die off, but the crown will stay in the flat in the floor and. Mine, mine have been in for five or six years and they last about 25 years, the crown. So, um, and asparagus is probably the, it's probably the most, if you per, per square foot because of the cost of asparagus, it's the one that you make the most money on or save the most money on, I guess. But I love growing all of it. Like, I, I, I love growing all of it. I've got, I've got 25 chili plants in my greenhouse and I, I bought a load of really hot ones this time. So I've got like, Carolina Reapers and Nagas and Ghosts and stuff like that. So I actually bet Ben, who's my nephew, I bet him a hundred quid he can't eat one of them when they're ripe. So I'm looking forward to watching him try and eat one. <laughs> you need to video that and put it on to get you get your niece to video and put it on TikTok. You'll be putting on TikTok definitely. <laughs> no, but they do. So are you are you into chilies or or is it just something you're going to do the chili challenge with people? I love I love chilies. I love hot food and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I always, I mean, loads of these ones you, they're not consumable. Like they're not um, they're not ones that you can use. You can make, maybe put one in a chili jam or something like that, or maybe put one in a curry or a quarter of one in a curry. But some of these are um, lethal. A, a, like a habanero is like one million on the Scoville. These Catalina Reapers are like two hundred million or something like that. It's like you, some of them you have to wear gloves because they'll burn your skin. Oh, wow. oh, oh golly, that's terrible. So Brian Quinn's listening and he says, about time we had me lad on. Oh, <laughs> Brian Quinn's hosted this show and been a guest several times. Many a time, many a time. And he might be stepping in again very soon. He's like, he's like water, Brian Quinn. He gets everywhere, doesn't he? Oh, 
Oh. <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, what's your, have you grown everything you want to grow or are you going to do some new stuff you haven't thought of before? So I always try and try and get new stuff because I like the idea. So having an allotment is basically you versus nature. That's how it works. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to do things totally against the run of play with nature. So all of the plants want to throw up flowers and they do that when it's hot. So you need to water them loads so they don't throw up a flower because once it throws up a flower, then you've lost. Um, so there's there's a few things that I want to do. I think it's orca, it's called, or ochre, um, oh. which is yeah. some kind of... Uh, Oriental is that thing. Lady like fingers? Her. Yeah. Is that the lady, lady fingers? And um, Tom's watching because it's very, very popular in New Orleans. They do it, it and then the um, in the West Indies and that they use it in gumbos and things like that. Yeah, very in Jamaica, all of that they have opera. So I've just got a fig tree, so that's a fig ticked off. I'm probably I'm probably gonna get some nuts next time. So I'm gonna get a few nut trees and nut bushes and stuff like that because I haven't got any of them right now. So no. um that's probably what I'll get next. And is it is it are you at the point where you're sort of a little bit self-sustaining on your veg and stuff like that? So I'd love to be, but I could never plan it that well. So if I was <laughs> retired or semi-retired and I had enough time to do it, I might be able to do that. But most of my stuff comes in gluts. So like we have, I mean, the the way the way it works with allotments, what you're supposed to do is you buy a pack of a hundred seeds, you germinate them hundred seeds, about eighty of them turn into actually grow. From mm -hmm. that 80, you pick the 40 strongest and you put them on and the other 40 you put in the compost. And then with that 40, when they've grown for a few weeks, you get the 20 strongest, you put them on and the other 20 you put on the compost. And then from them 20, you get the 10 strongest, you put them in the ground, the other 10 go in the compost. My problem is it's the ones who aren't going to make the cut. They're the ones I really want to work with. I want to make them strong plants. So I end up with loads and loads and loads of plants, which is the reason why I've got five allotments. So... Um, the other year, I had 148 sweet corn plants, and you get two or three ears of corn from each one. So that's anything between 300 and 450 sweet corns. And, and sweet corns aren't like you see in the shops like that. Sweet yeah. corns are like this big. So I ended up having to buy a new freezer and I still couldn't give them give them away. So Historically, you've passed some food sometimes to the food banks, haven't you? Yeah, I, we have done them. We try and pop some over to Emmaus. I've got my mum's been my mum's been a hit. My mum did YTS hairdressing, um, and she's got a few people whose hair she's been doing for 30, 40, 50 years. So a lot of the women who come along, I've dropped some food off for them and stuff like that. Wow. Um, try and put some in at Emmaus, but give most of it away. And then the really nice thing about the allotments is it's a bit of a community. So if you've got 40 onions and someone's got two cabbages, you swap some and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Brilliant. the community element, element of it's really good. Because I came, somebody was talking about allotments and they were talking about, you know, sort of what you were saying, the surplus of, of, of amount of food. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I had this great idea of coming up with a food prep for people who can't afford food prep because quite a lot of food prep like healthy eating is like mega mega expensive yes. and i thought what we could do is go to all the allotments get all the food give it to somebody like chefy who can who can cook all the stuff and you pay i don't know a couple of quid a week but you don't know what you're gonna get because it depends yeah. on what's being grown so you could if there was loads of tomatoes and like you could make like a pasta sauce or something so you never know what you're gonna get but it's always going to be like fresh ingredients ready to, to think like that i love oh. that so on our site one end of it has got a uh, used to be a garage and it's currently a bit of a garden center or whatever so the plan is 
a, a, there was an announcement recently about um, community spaces and the council making them more available for grants and funding and stuff. So the dream is that the allotment association owns the land and also owns this shop. And then we make a pay as you feel space yeah. where this week it's we've got loads of toms, so it's tomato soup, but next week it's broad bean salad and the week after it's beetroot and you come in, you're paying, you know, if you if you've got kids off this week and you haven't got the dough to enable enable you to take them out somewhere or take them for nice food, you can bring them in and they can have some wholehearted, hearty food with made with yeah. fresh fruit and veg, which is grown like proper locally. Right, right by the allotments. It's, it's quite a good yes. educational, and, and they're saying, that gardening and this stuff is amazing for like people's mental health and you know, oh, just yeah. getting out there and, and chilling, it is, isn't it? You know? It's really good. We've just spoken locally to uh, Queen of Queen, is it Queen of Peace? It's Queen of Peace. So we've got a little space on there, which is an orchard, and it's kind of left a back and room because it belongs to the committee rather than everyone else's. So it's when yeah. people get time, they do some stuff with it. So we've applied for a few grants in the last couple of months and hopefully one of them will come through which will give us some money so we went to queen of peace and spoke to the kids and uh, to the uh, teachers in there and what we're going to do is we're going to invite all of them to come over and have a look measure mm -hmm. it up and then they can come up with the plans of what it's going to look like wow. and then it can be a bit of a community garden that they can come along to so hopefully over Great. the summer they might volunteer with the parents and stuff and come and have a look at where fruit grows and also yeah. have a look at the frogs and the newts and stuff like that so you're running two businesses and all of that as well you're so involved with the allotments and you know supporting different people and organizations too adhd has a blessings as well doesn't it as well as a curse absolutely positivity don't i wonderful well i bet he's got a red face now i was gonna say i'm sure he'll have a red face or two so Massive thank you, Leon, for sharing your story and, and lots of comments. So thanks to everyone for listening and sharing your yeah. comments. It, it's, it's really cool when we get comments and stuff like that. So we have a red face moment, something that you can, um, you know, talk about that people can laugh along with, not at you. So um, Peter Lloyd, oh, yeah, Peter Lloyd's listening. He says, great to hear from you all. And about Leon's green fingers. There you go. Oh, yeah, He's welcome to come and weed in any time he wants. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom said you can't make a gumbo without opera. There you go. Um, have you got any red face, Sam? Have you got a red face this week? Probably. I'm sure not. something happened and oh. we said we'll save that for the radio and I can't. Oh, yeah, I had one actually and I thought, oh, that's brilliant for the radio, but it's gone. It'll come back to me, don't worry, there's so many. Mm. Um, you've got one, haven't you, Helen? That you no. don't that bad. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no. It's Mike Brome. Mike Brome was on Danny Clark's course. He was, he was our past guest, Danny Clark. Um, Mike Brome won't be our guest anymore um Ed, really. coming up. Go on. Um, and he was coming out of danny's clark's course and crossing over the road and i was driving down and he sort of walked out towards the front of the car and then sort of like jumped back and i thought god that fella did not look like my room but there's no way that he lives in cave there's no way he'd be in town and then he he said you nearly ran me over but i never because if i'd known it was him i would have swear to run him over yeah yeah. So there we go. What about you, Leon? Have you had any embarrassing moments this week? I can't say this week, but I've got a really funny story, which was is hilarious. It's kind of clean, so don't worry. So okay. um, I know you shouldn't really go for a poo in school, but one time I went to the toilet in the office 
and the offers have got these really brilliant things to save energy so the lights go off after a certain amount of time so i was sat minding my own business on my phone and the light went off and there was obviously no one in there so i jumped up and i put my hand over the top and i was waving and it wasn't coming on so i opened the door (gasps) kicks around my ankles and i'm waving like this to try and get the uh the lights to come back on and some fella walked in and just seen me with my kicks around my ankles waving like that. And we looked at each other for a second. I just went, all right, mate. And then turned around and went back in the loo. And, uh, I've, I've never seen the guy again in the office. I think he may have moved businesses. Imagine. He probably came to look for premises that day. Nipped into the loo and thought, no. Frank, I'll check the toilet out. I'm not going there. Yeah, Frankie tells everyone in her work that story when she sees them. Oh, it's a really good story, that. Oh, I love really? that. That's amazing. Quality. What about you, son? Well, certainly nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I probably have, I'm sure, but I've been okay this week. We'll just hang on to that. Well done. <laughs> I'm yeah, making a note of them in my phone because something does happen every week, but then I if know. it's... It's soon after the show, I get by next week. Something happened and we said, oh, we need to share that. I can't remember what it is. Either. It definitely happens. It'll come back to us and you can remind so them we'll tell everyone next week. Steve Rest's got lots of little crying laughing faces over that one. I know. That's such a cool story, isn't it? Yeah. I love that. That's a brilliant one. Um, so, um, shout out to the grown-ups. Any grown-ups who've done amazing things. So, um. Are you going first? Am I going first? I'll let you go first, Helen, because I've got a few. Okay, so I've got two. One of them might be yours. They might, might both be. Um, so I want to shout out to Tony Lloyd, who's been put up for... So we did the ADHD conference last week, which was brilliant. Um, and he's also been um, nominated for the National Diversity Awards um, for all the work that he's been doing. So that's a great shout out. And... Um, I want to shout out to Sophie Clark, who was one of our past guests. Oh, yes, you are taking mine. Go on, then. You you can take Sophie's. Go on. All right. <laughs> Go on. Um, and I did, a, I did a post on Saturday because I thought, you know, we always have local people doing great stuff, all different types, you know, people who live among us who just maybe making a difference in the community or running two businesses and giving food out and things like that and whatever. And I gave a shout out to Paul McCartney. Because Paul McCartney, as I said, grew up as in a one-parent family because he lost his mum when he was very young, practices guitar in his bedroom and speak, and ends up at the age of 80 doing a three-hour set um, at Glastonbury on the main stage. So, you know, one in his, his whole life, we know he's achieved loads, but, it, you know, what a shout-out. And he might have inspired so many people. And, you know, Liverpool's very known for its music scene in the 60s and then again through to the 80s. You know, a lot of the children of the musicians from the 60s got into music in the 80s, etc. And um, a lot of people will have been inspired by the Beatles and their success and the other bands that were around at the time. And, of course, Paul McCartney is so significant. And he's it was a great house out there, wasn't it? It was, it was a great poster, but the way you wrote it, I thought, oh, and then I thought, oh, it was clever, that, yeah. So it was a really good poster. 100% when you think of his background and, you know, obstacles and things, he did absolutely brilliantly. And he's yeah. put so much back into the city as well, financially and everything, and helped so many people. 
So yeah. as, as everyone famously knows, Paul McCartney actually died in a car crash about 70 years ago and it was replaced by a fake person. You've always obviously listened to Sergeant Peppers when you play it backwards. I bet the guy who was taken over from Paul McCartney didn't think he'd have the gig for this long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was an unusual thing there. <laughs> have you got any grown-ups, Leon, that you want to shout out to? Who can think? Oh, right. So I'll tell you what. I went to the open. I went to one of the corporate openings of Zen, which is a Bosch new yeah. place in um, in town. It's on Victoria Street. It's next to the Sir Thomas Hotel where they built that car park. So, Cat Roberts, who used to work at Ulforno and put me onto the roast there. So shout out to Cat. Um, she went. For, she was going for some interviews, and I had a few chats with her around the time because she was a bit nervous about whether or not she'd get a job or whatever. So. Cat actually was pretty much responsible for all of the decor, all of the way it was set out, all of the yeah. cutlery, all the tables, all, the, all that kind of stuff. So she's like done like a general manager thing. She's absolutely smashed it with that place. It's unbelievable. And mm. um, massive shout out to Cat, who's done an unbelievable job with that. It's probably going to be the biggest place in town for the rest of the year. Wow, brilliant. In all the Mick Clark did all the um, telecoms there with the Baltic people. So he was saying how great it was. It's unbelievable. Brilliant. It's unbelievable. The yeah. food's unbelievable as well. Yeah. So do you have a positive challenge, Leon, that you could challenge people to do this week? Could be yeah. around your sales. It could be around your allotment. It could be... We've had things like, you know, um, I don't know, make a cake for a neighbour. Um, I let a stranger, stuff like that. Um, so I'm sure every week seems to be mental health week lately and people are always talking about it but um anyone who's listening what i would challenge to do is to ask someone how they're getting on and when they say it's brilliant it's great and all that crap they always say at the start ask them then how you're really getting on and it's a really powerful question when you ask that again after they've already said something to you and you'll find that they'll give you a slightly different answer and they'll probably tell you the, the real things that are going on and listen then just mm. listen to what they've got to say you don't have to give many answers or give many opportunities to do anything just have to listen and sometimes actually vocalising a challenge that you've had or a problem that you're suffering uh, really helps. So my challenge, positive challenge, which doesn't sound that positive, so I do apologise, would be to ask someone how they're getting on and then ask them again. Brilliant. And it, and it is about, you know, like sharing it, isn't it? You know, and as you say, you know, people go, oh, yeah, I'm great. Thanks very much. Because that's sort of like the stock answer that they give, isn't it, you know? I do think people are more able at the moment, though. People, since everything that's happened, I think people are more able to communicate that now than they used to be. Years ago, people didn't speak about things and they kept their mouths closed about how they were feeling, if it was a mental health issue, for example. But now, definitely, people seem to be, it's okay to talk about it, isn't it? Yeah, massively, yeah. yeah. And that's, Brilliant. yeah, that's definitely good news. We're all, we're all involved in um, networking organisations and often the thing happens when you speak to someone to how's business, they go, brilliant, they're busy. Drill into that, ask them some questions, find out who they want to work with, try and make an introduction because maybe it's not going as well as they say the first time they ask them. Brilliant. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so we want to say a massive thank you to Leon for giving his time and, and sharing his story with us. It's been super inspirational. Yeah. Everybody get down to the dojo, uh, the sales dojo, or check it out online and everything else like that. Massive thank you to Sandra, as always. Oh, yeah, as well. We've got the links Yeah, We'll share the links on, on the page. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and we're going to close it with, Leon is going to close it with um, a mantra. So I want to say massive thank you to everybody. We'll see everybody next week. And Leon's going to close the show with his positive mantra. 
Oh, oh, is this what you asked me for? Okay, cool. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, my favorite quote is a Zig Ziglar quote, which is, "You can have everything that you want in life if you will just help as many people as you possibly can get what they want out of life." Brilliant. So we're going to close it there. Massive thank you to everybody, and we'll see everybody next week. Thank you so much for coming on. Ha, ha, ha.